Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, we'll begin there in just a few moments. There are things that happen in our life that shake us to our very core. And what I mean by that, I mean that things happen to where we are finally awakened if we're in deep in sin or maybe things that we have taken for granted, we've come to realize that they're gone. You may have a similar story as, as to mine and in other ways that this took place in your life. Things that we allow things to come into our life that will merely take the place of God and we do not recognize it immediately. And I heard the illustration put like this, if you will. Sin is not like the sign you read on a curvy road that says 90 degree turn. You see the sign, you know the curve is going to be a 90 degree turn. Sin is like the road that just slowly sweeping around and you're into the curve before you realize it, and then you realize that it's sharper than you thought and you've got to slam on the brakes and then you start sliding, hoping that you don't wreck. That is the description of sin. It sneaks in on us before we realize that we're knee deep, if you will, in sin. We all know that trials are going to happen in our life. That's something as a human we're going to face. However, what is not given is how we will face these trials and these troubled situations. How will you and I handle these situations is what I would like for us to discuss this evening. Will we merely just throw our hands up and blame God? Will we blame everything on someone else? Or will we fall to our knees and ask God for His help? We continue to let things happen years ago affect what we're doing today. And this, this is a sermon that has really impacted my life, and I hope that it does yours. But things that happened years and years and years ago still affect my decisions today and tomorrow and, and for the future. I've learned from these things, but also I'm still holding on to these things. When dealing with our burdens, we must take our burdens to the right place. And I think the first place we normally take our burdens is we begin to worry about them. And let's look and see what the Bible says about burdens. If you will, turn to Philippians chapter 4. We'll read verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. We should not be worrying as New Testament Christians. Now, I know that we're going to worry. I still worry when my wife's away from me and she's driving. I, we're going to worry. But there's a difference between worrying and allowing these things to affect our entire life and how we act and how we do things. John chapter 14 and verse 1, Let your heart not be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe in me. If we believe in God, why are we not putting these problems in His hands? How many of us are like Martha in Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42 when Jesus and His disciples have came into her town and she's rushing around to get her house prepared for Jesus and His disciples to come into. She's rushing around and I can imagine cleaning and preparing food for all these people, she begins to worry because her sister's in there listening to Jesus speak. She rounds the corner, Jesus, tell her to come help me. 
And what does he say? You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. She chose to listen and sit at the feet of Christ than to worry about the hustle of life. Now, my wife, if somebody says they're coming over, she does this. She begins to clean. And then, in result, means I have to clean. People are coming. Our houses have to be perfect. I understand that. But we also all have family, and we understand that a house is made to live in. It's not a museum. But how many times are we like Martha? Could you imagine if we knew Christ was going to come here and worship with us? How many of us would be in our rooms that we teach in daily cleaning and making sure everything is perfect? When in all reality, we should be ready to sit here and listen. We should not be worried about the worldly things. We should be focusing on the Word. Another thing that normally happens when I get trouble or when I have burdens, I immediately call a friend. Hey, listen to how I'm being treated. Listen to what's happening. And my friend will listen to me. And he will say, oh, pity you. But when I call a true friend, he will tell me where I'm wrong. He will tell me what I need to do to make it right. You see, friends can't help us. They might be able to physically help us while on earth, do a few things. But they not, cannot help us for eternity. Proverbs 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. A real friend may hurt your feelings and tell you the truth. It's better than have the deceitful kiss of a quote-unquote friend. It reminds me of Job when he has lost everything. His friends come to visit him and he's telling them everything and he realizes that they are physicians of nothing. They have no importance. They cannot do anything. But yet, normally the second place thing that we do is call a friend. third time I realize when I'm in things, I begin to run from them. I get into trouble in doing something. Well, I'm going to change my phone number. I'm going to delete all my social media. That way, the people that know about this, they can't, they can't contact me and they can't tell anyone else about me. We run away from our problems. I don't know if this is true, but it sounds really good. And I, if you own a cattle farm, let me know if it's true or not. Cattle will run away from the storm but a bull will run through to the storm because as soon as he gets to the storm, he's going to continue running and the storm will pass. While the cattle are running away from it, it's just being chased. They're eventually going to get the same uh, storm. It also reminds me of Jonah when he was told to go preach. And what did he do? He ran the opposite direction, got on the ship and went into the ocean and then became troubled and was tossed into the sea and swallowed by a great fish, then spit on dry land, it would have been a lot easier just to go there the first time. So we know we can't phone a friend to get help. We must tell the person that counts. We must get on our knees in prayer. We cannot run from our problems. You might be able to outrun them for a few days, but not for eternity. Also, fighting your problems will not help. I've often been known of this too. We want to fight and argue and blame someone else for the mistakes that we've made. We don't want to take the ownership of ourselves. We have to be careful because we could find ourselves fighting against God in these situations. 
I read a, an illustration for this point. I thought it was, it was pretty fitting. A bicycle for two people. Two seats, two sets of pedals, and one handlebar. Well, if they're not wanting to go the same direction, and they're not both pedaling, they're fighting against each other. There's, there's no purpose. See, we have to be on the same page. But the Father can help you. Let's read Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28 was just read just a moment ago. And the first word in verse 28 is come. The Lord has opened His doors and said, Come in. Bring your problems to Me. But I want to hold them inside and eventually one day I'm going to explode because I'm just like a volcano building up with pressure and building and building when all of that could have been done away with by taking my problems to God first. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in a time of need. When we're in a time of need, we need to be praying. The Bible tells us that our shepherd loves his sheep. Luke 12, 32, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We know the parable where one lost sheep, he went and found that lost sheep. He loves us. He's willing to help us, but we first must help ourselves and give our burdens to God. We also must transfer our burdens to the one who cares about our situation. Like I said, we could call a friend, but they really don't care. And more than likely, they're going to turn around as soon as you get off the phone and tell someone else, and then there's, there goes all your business to everyone. 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Jesus has walked through everything that we've been through. He's been lonely. He's been in need. He's had difficult situations. And He even went to... to and died for us. He's been hated, loved, accepted, and rejected. All of these things that we face, or will face. He knows what we're going through. He's, he's been tempted in all points, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 We cannot sit here and pity ourselves on the situation, the cards that we've been dealt, so to speak. Oh, woe is me. I was in that mentality for several years. You don't understand what I've been through, so you need to back up is how I would put things. But Christ knows. He's been in our shoes. There's only one person that can do something about our situation. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding aboundably above all that we ask and think. God's power is beyond our imagination. God merely spoke and things happened. I speak to my son and things don't happen. Imagine the power that God has. Isaiah 40 and verse 12, Who hath measured the water in the hollow of his hand. He has measured the water in the hollow of his hand. Measured out the heaven with a span. Comprehended the dust of the earth. He knows how much dust is on the earth. And weighed the mountains with a scale and the hills in a balance. That's how powerful our God is. If He can place the stars in heaven just by spreading fingers and by speaking, why are we not taking our problems to Him? 
We must trust that our burdens will go to the right outcome. Now this is a difficult one for me as well. Sometimes He may remove our burden completely. Think about the lady in Mark 5 when she touched the hem of the garment and the blood problem was gone. Think about Ruth chapter 2 and 3 when He relieved her burden, allowed her... Allowed, um, He allowed her to cross paths with Boaz. We have to remember that our Father knows best for each of our situations. Sometimes He will rest you in your burden. This is the most common aid we receive. If if I was to, to label one, He gives us grace to carry through our situation. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Imagine if God just went through changing all of our troubles on an instant. We would never learn. A lot of people learn from their mistakes, so that, and they learn, Hey, I'm not going to do that again because this is the outcome. Well, if God just immediately took all our problems away, what would this world be full of? However God decides to handle our situation, we can be sure that it will be done correctly. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. We must trust God. We can rest on His promises that He will meet our needs. Philippians 4 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to the riches by Christ. Are we trusting that God will provide for us? Or are we just going to continue on the same path of us doing the same things we've been doing, worrying and just sitting at home in darkness and being depressed? What's controlling you today, tonight, this evening, this week? What is controlling you? Why do you not just bring it to Him? If we notice in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. I want to pause right there for just a moment. Now you know I'm not no country guy or no have no experience in livestock, but when it says take my yoke upon you, I picture an oxen pulling a plow and just doing the work that it's supposed to do. Well, eventually that oxen is going to get old and you've got to replace it with a new oxen. And in my mind, I could be wrong, you would yoke them two oxen together so that way the old, mature oxen that knows what to do can train the new one. Now, when you have the new one, you're not going to bind the yoke so tight that it cannot do nothing but follow the other one. You're going to leave it loose to let it learn on its own. That mature oxen is going to keep gently reminding him, hey, follow me, I'm going to show you the correct way. Eventually that oxen will understand, if I just do and follow Him, I will be okay. My workload will be a lot easier. And then eventually, that oxen will begin to pull the load and share the the load itself instead of the older one doing the work. Likewise, Christ says, take His yoke upon us, or take your yoke upon me. He's saying, come here, let me help you. Let me show you the right way. 
Let me show you how you should be living. Let me show you the correct way to walk. Just a few moments ago, Brother McVeigh led this song. 449. It says, When I proudly said to Jesus, All of self and none of thee. I hate to say this, but I think sometimes as Christians, we do exactly that verse. We're more worried about ourselves. We're more worried about the things that concern me. And we're not worried about the things that concern the Lord's kingdom. The next verse says, Some of self and some of thee. This scripture is, is doing exactly what Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 is, is, is teaching. At the beginning, it's difficult. Then some of self. And then it says, third stanza, less of self. And then eventually the fourth stanza, none of self and all of thee. Where are you at if you were to put your life on page 449 in those four stanzas? Would you be all of self and none of Christ? Would you be some of self and some of Christ? Would you be less of self and more of Christ? Or would you be none of self and all of Christ? How are you living your life this evening? Is your life all for Christ? Or is it all for yourself? We talked about earlier this morning that if you're not in the Lord's kingdom, the consequences you could face. This evening, if you have any desire or if you need anything to, in assistance with making sure you're living your life correctly, there are men in this congregation that would love to have that opportunity to help you. There are women in this congregation that would love to have the opportunity to help those young ladies and the women. If there's anything that we can do, we would love to assist you in that. Why don't you give your, turn your burdens over to God, as Matthew eleven twenty eight says. Yoke with Christ and make your life a lot easier. He will lead you correctly, only if you allow Him to do so. If you are in any need, we ask that you come as we stand and sing.